Universities are present all over the world currently. The word university comes from the Latin word universitas, which means corporation or guild. It all started in Bologna, Italy. The university was created around the 1300s. This took place during the High Middle Ages. The university consisted of men from all over Europe coming in to learn about law. Students began studying liberal arts like grammar, rhetoric, logic, arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. Teachers explained things by reading text and going into very specific detail. Once students had taken four to six years at the university, they would take an examination to earn their bachelor's degree and their art degree. If they continued for 10 more years, they could earn a doctor of law, medicine, or theology. Although other topics were taught at the university, the main focus was theology, or the study of God. The system was influenced by a philosophical idea known as scholatism. Scholatism attempted to convince people that faith was a major part of reason. It was to show the two were harmonized, and it was an attempt to convince Greek philosophers that they could indeed harmonize. Students learned from a wise teacher named Arenas. After students began to gain knowledge, some started other universities of their own. The University of Paris was the first university in Northern Europe. Shortly after the institution was established, a group of students and teachers left to start the University of Oxford, which was highly respected around all of Europe. Once universities had been around for a while, they started to add more topics to teach. Those topics consisted of math and science. Universities impacted Europe in great ways and helped society grow as a whole. A long time ago, a young man who attended a university named Aristotle came up with a multitude of conclusions and based on his rational thought that went against what the church had said. He was a Greek philosopher who came up with factual thoughts like his conclusion of the earth being round rather than flat which was proven to be correct later on. When thinking about a conclusion, Aristotle based it off pure reason. Aristotle made his conclusions not factoring his relig religion thoughts whatsoever. He pursued philosophy and polymath. In his lifetime, he has estimated around 200 pieces of work, but only 33 of them are still in circulation. After that, a man named Enslam of Canterbury had conclusions of his own that he wanted to share. The monastic theologian made one of the first attempts to demonstrate how the truths of faith are compatible with reason. He also made an argument by reason to prove the existence of God. He wrote a book called The Proslogion that expressed his thoughts toward many topics back then. Shortly after, he continued to express his thoughts and he pursued to be an Italian Benedict monk. He continued on with his life and continued to make arguments about reason. Next, a man named Thomas Aquinas made the most famous attempt to reconcile Aristotle. He attempted so by using the doctrines of Christianity. Thomas Aquinas is best known for his summary of all knowledge of a topic. He posed questions all the time. For example, he'd ask the question, does God exist? He'd wait for people's opinions to be expressed, and then he would make his conclusion. 
He believed truth arises through reason rather than plain conflict. He believed there was always a right and wrong before a situation occurred. He also believed if someone were to have reason and a lack of faith, they would not be able to experience the spiritual world. His thoughts were different from Aristotle's work because his religious beliefs helped with some of his conclusions. The Summa Theologica is an unfinished piece by Aquinas. It was written between 1265 and 1273. It is divided into three main sections. It was originally written in Latin. It consists of 38 tracts, 631 questions, and 3,000 objections and answers. It is considered a top five argument for the actual existence of God. Although it isn't done, it is still considered a classic of historical philosophy, and it was written to be a guide for students who were learning about theology. It was published by the Benzinger Brothers Printers of Holy Apostolic See. In the late 1260s, an English philosopher named Roger Bacon was requested to write an encyclopedia that wanted to reform all sciences, including logic, mathematics, physics, experimentation, and philosophy. Pope Clement V was the one who requested him because he was taught well at the universities. He showed very promising signs. The encyclopedia was called the Opus Magis. The Opus Magis was written in medieval Latin, and it was 878 pages long. Bacon sent his work to Pope Clement in, 60, in 1267. His hard work did not go unnoticed. He was honored with a letter of dedication published in 1897. And the same year, a smaller second work called the Opus Minor came out. It was intended to summarize the Opus Major. Later on, the Opus Tiratium was written, and it was to be an introduction for the other two. With that being said, universities helped advance society and people who attended. Students learned and some concluded from what they learned, like the men that were mentioned. The hope of these universities was to educate students about theology so someday they could educate others or make pieces of their own. Students like Thomas Aquinas, Roger Bacon, and Anselm of Canterbury learned quickly and did indeed make pieces of their own. It related to theology in some type of way, which later on helped advance the study or theology, and it helped spread theology all over the world. Lastly, the universities helped increase the overall intelligence of Europe The Los Angeles Lakers are a very well-known basketball team in the NBA and arguably has the best franchise in existence. Time in and time out, the Lakers have proven themselves to be the greatest from playing in legendary dynasties. The Lakers have had the greatest franchise ever because they have played the majority of all-star players. They succeed in the West and have a total of 16 championships. Great players make great teams, and the Lakers have had plenty. The Lakers consist of a multitude of legendary players, but key ones are Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. First, Magic Johnson by a landslide is the greatest point guard in the game has, that the game has ever seen. He is 6'8", which is extremely tall for a point guard. In a recent article posted by ESPN, it states, Magic Johnson was a unique type of player who dominated defenders and in his short period of time made the most out of it. 
Secondly, Kobe Bryant is the greatest scorer of all time because his whole game is built on scoring. People refer to Kobe as a ball hog, which is not true, but it just adds to his case on being the greatest scorer ever. Bleacher Report posted an article stating that that 81-point game performance when his team was down by 20, or how about when Kobe scored 62 and three quarters against the best team at the time, the Dallas Mavericks. Then, when Kobe scored 61 in Madison Square Garden, something that Jordan has never done. Kobe's 81-point game is remarkable against Jalen Rose, but that is not the highest scoring game in one single game. That would be Wilt Chamberlain with 101 points, who also played for the Lakers. This topic is debatable, but after comparing the statistics, it is clear Kobe is the favorite player. The Lakers also consist of two of the greatest centers ever, which is Shaquille O'Neal and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It is easy to say Kareem is the better all-round center, but Shaq was the more dominant one. Kareem was so unstoppable in college, they made a rule that he could not dunk. So his response was creating his own shot that is used in today's game. It is best known as the skyhook. Shaq played with great players like Kobe Bryant and Robert Ory, but even then he averaged the most points. His 300-plus pound build is hard to stop. Players like David Robinson and Tim Duncan admitted to Shaq being the hardest big man to ever stop. In NBA Media Ventures, it states, Shaq averaged 29.7 points per game and 13.7 rebounds a game in the 1999 and 2000 season. This was his MVP season with the Lakers. Lakers' achievements in the West are by far the best. Nowadays, everyone is all about statistics, which will add to the greatest dynasty ever. In an article from Bleacher Report, it states, the Lakers have had the best playoff percentage over the years, the most playoff appearances, and the most final appearances. Over the years, the Lakers have dominated, and if you count a total wins of losses, if you count the total wins of losses, since the Lakers have had the best percentage that led to the most playoff appearances, which guided the Lakers to the most finals appearances, this is the only team that comes close to these numbers, which is the Boston Celtics. L.A. dominant dominates in the majority of the statistics compared to them and in modern days that is all sports analysis pay attention to every team works up to win one thing and that is championships it wasn't just one team with the same player who won all 16 it was a multitude such as showtime which is arguably the best big three which consisted of magic johnson james worthy and kareem abdul jabbar the Showtime won five championships in their short period of time together. The Lakers also had the best duo ever in Kobe Bryant and Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. They won three championships, but their egos got in the way, and Shaq was ultimately traded. The only reason the Lakers are not recognized as the greatest franchise is because they are one championship behind Boston. You can make an argument because Bill Russell won 11 championships when all 30 teams weren't even established yet. His competition was nowhere near the competition nowadays or back then when Showtime was playing. He played against part-time accountants, which shows his competition, how weak it was. And although 11 rings are impressive, they didn't win half of the 17 in the last 20 years, making Boston's record impressive but not outstanding. In conclusion, the Lakers have the greatest franchise ever because we have a majority 
of the greatest players to ever step foot in the NBA. We succeed in the West and 16 total championships. All the facts support the Lakers being the greatest franchise in existence, and the future is still bright for the Lakers, and more championships are to come. Even so, that we could have tied the, re- the Boston's 17 championships this year. LeBron James and Anthony Davis were making a strong run. They had the best record in the NBA. And right as they were about to play in the playoffs, the coronavirus has temporarily stopped the season. So we do not know how that would have played out, but it is looking good. And if we tie it, we are indeed the greatest of all time.